Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good afternoon and welcome to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM Consulting. I'm your host, Kelly Lorenzen. We are coming to you live from the comforts of our home or our office while Karen Nowicki is producing the show at Phoenix Business Radio X studio inside Max 6. Collaborative Connections is a radio series to, created to bring entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and associations together to build relationships, foster collaboration, and grow a stronger community together. Our hope for today is that listeners and guests alike will walk away with a golden nugget, a new resource, or a tip for their business. The sponsor of our show, KLM Consulting, is an on-demand business concierge marketing and project management firm with over 17 years of award-winning business savvy. KLM Consulting helps fast-growing companies and entrepreneurs build brand and brag about their businesses. Today, I have the honor of being in the studio with three amazing people that I'd love to introduce you to. Thank you so much for being on the show. Heather Locke with Hammersmith Support, thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks for having me. And Marwan Halabi with CMIT Solutions of South Scottsdale. Did I get that off? That's right. Hi there. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. And Don Bowen with SMS. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thank you for having me. It's exciting and and uh, weird and all kinds of crazy times out there. <laughs> what a perfect time to 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 uh, host a show and have some really good conversation today. I'd love to start so people know the backgrounds of everybody. Um, tell us a little bit about your, you know, where you come from, uh, so people can get to know you and your business, and a little bit about your business. Heather, I'll start with you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm originally from Tennessee, so I'm a Southern girl, but I've been in the Valley for quite a while now, and I've been a business owner for about the last 10 years. I started Hammersmith Support. And we are a WordPress development agency, and we focus on all aspects of web development. We do design, development, hosting, and maintenance of WordPress websites. We work with a variety of clients from solopreneurs to nonprofits to international companies. We really focus on customer service and transparency is one of our, is our core values, as well as giving back. I know Kelly because we have Work together at various at um, Hera Hub co-working space in Phoenix, and we got to be good friends and accountability partners. So I'm really excited to be on this show and to meet you, Don and um, Marwan. Thank you so much. I know, and she did my website. So <laughs> when you and you know, entrepreneurs want to do all their own stuff, right? And so you know, your initial reaction is, "Oh, I'll just do it myself." So I did that. And then I was like, yeah, no, I need to have somebody else <laughs> revamp this for me, even though. <laughs> so we work together on a lot of projects and I'm thankful for your help. I appreciate it. Marwan, tell us a little bit about your background and where you come from and how you got into your business. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, thank you again for, uh, for having me. Mostly in New York up until about seven or eight years ago, um, we've got Arizona just kind of got tired of New York and everything about it um, and fell in love with Arizona and this is um, where I sort of uh, decided to uh, start um, my venture 
in my background um, has been through various phases in IT, working in information security, cybersecurity, um, working on the sales side, working on the engineering side, um, and uh, worked at a, lar- a lot of large organizations um, until kind of wanted to, to do something on my own and, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, kind of got the entrepreneurial uh, bug or whatever you call it. <laughs> but that, that and um, you kind of want different things in life at that point. So, yeah, no, what, what, uh, uh, what CMIT as a whole does is uh, you can think of us essentially as an outsourced department in, in every sense of the word. Um, we essentially take for, um, ownership of any help desk related issues, uh, servers, cloud, um, you know, anything along the lines in the world of IT, essentially anything that, that um, allows you from a technology perspective to run your business. We essentially take that over um, and become a, a full manager of that reporting to you as a, as a member of your team. Uh, CMIT itself has been around for 20 plus years. Um, our office and our location has been around for, for about seven or so. Um, yeah, we, uh, we love what we do. That, that's neat. I know everybody needs an IT person, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so much better to have it outsourced. I always tell my clients, do what you're good at and outsource everything else. <laughs> Especially the IT and, and web stuff. It, there's no reason you should try to fight with that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, such a, it's such a scary space to a lot of people, of course, and, and depending on, you know, the, the, the mindset that um, an organization is in, and depending on where they're at and in their, in their journey towards what everybody calls digital transformation, every element of our business will, will eventually be digital in every way, shape, or form. Um, it's, it's, it's a scary thing for a lot of people, so um, that's really what we uh, kind of try to fight with, typically, is the educational element, is to help um, help our clients and, and, and our and our users understand where technology is going and, and why we're making certain decisions. But yeah, it uh, it always freaks people out. They just kind of bucket us out. Like, great, just fix this. Whatever it is, just make it work. I don't really need to know the details. Just please get your team to fix this. Uh, but yeah, we, we we still love it though, of course. That's awesome. Don, tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from, and, and how you got started in this business. Sure. It's uh, Personally, my background is Marine Corps brat, so I'm from uh, everywhere the Naval Air Station's trained Marine Corps pilots. So uh, every place from Florida, California, South Texas. Early career was with IBM. And uh, they sold off the division that I was in, so I went back to school and uh, learned how to ski and get a degree. So I had uh, a good time doing that until really cable TV found me. It just so happened that a friend of mine was uh, in the cable business as the general manager, so I got into the marketing and business development of that just as a favor to him on a short-time job. Uh, They asked me to come to uh, Phoenix back in 1987 for a six-month contract, and here I am. Got into the business of cable television when it was satellite dishes were as big as a house, (laughs) and that's, that's what you needed to get 12 channels. Things have changed quite a bit. Our company, in business since 1985, has obviously had to morph and shift 
over that time frame, when video uh, suddenly started going streaming here recently, the whole cable television world is upside down and uh, just in total disarray. When you had to pay uh, for 57 channels and uh, you had no choice in that, that was cable TV. Now it's streaming whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. So as, as Marwan indicated, everything is digital, including your television. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a whole different world. And that's where our company is, is really trying to turn another corner and reinvent itself. It's a challenge. It's very challenging. And so what's the specialty now? What are you focused on now? We've moved from digital rights management, which is a, a nice term for just managing the contracts of, uh, of cable television to the viewer. We've actually sold off most of those businesses, and we're looking at going into the digital section of that with a little bit of a package, uh, actually using Marwan as our main contractor but wrapping in the hardware and the cybersecurity insurance with that as a total package. Uh, so we, we actually did start that two years ago and built that up and sold that off. And now I'm repackaging this in a different way and really excited about doing that. And, uh, and I think this is probably where Heather comes in, in that uh, our prior businesses have always been RFPs and networking and trade shows and association magazines. And of course, now with COVID, none of that is really there. So we're, we're kind of groping on how do you start a new business, new segment without the old tried and true of trade shows and associations. Yeah. The nice thing is, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Heather, because I know you and I both have a lot of <laughs> It's just definitely become so important and it's always been important, but in the last three months it has become people's primary, you know, it's their front of their business where you used to come to their office. Their their website is now the office. It's that visual people have. Yeah, absolutely. And being to your point, Don, yes, you can't go anywhere to the associations, but being a part of associations and like Hera Hub Phoenix, being a part of co-working spaces and having radio shows and having, you know, podcasts and all these things, you can still network, right? So I, I tell I tell clients, make sure you have three, you're a part of three things, three, whether it's a nonprofit, you're on a board, association, pick three, because they will always have stuff, you know, that happens even now when it transferred all to virtually. So we've had with Hair Hub Phoenix, we've had virtual co-working time. We've had networking on there. Max six where Phoenix business radio X is has tons of leadership Academy, you know, so we get to see each other's faces and, and learn stuff. And we've been talking a lot about, you know, the values and how we switch to a digital world and how we showcase our, our business to that. So yeah, to your point, yes, we, at, whereas trade shows are fading or magazines are fading, but guess what? They still have a digital presence, you know, presence, like Heather says, that, that you can be a part of. So it's what definitely. I, what I find, uh, what I find interesting about this whole transformation, which I think will start to come to light even more is some of the added benefits you get when it's a purely digital format, you're able to attend 
essentially anything that you want to at, at, at any point that you want to essentially, you know, in, in a way, get even more benefit than you are going to go there physically uh, because of the accessibility element of it and everything is digital. And a lot of them, I find that they're starting to even get the conversation going way ahead of whatever the event is. So it's this collaboration that actually leads up to the event and then it gets introduced into the event. So it's, it's really interesting what necessity does, right? <laughs> um, and, and I think it's just going to keep evolving um, and it's going to get crazier and crazier, I think, with augmented reality and things like that. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation, right? With the, yeah. with all the technology, um, I think that having the having everything online and digitally is making people more efficient, right? You can go, like you said, you can access the information anytime. But there's so many more meetings and networking events and everything you can go to because you don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> that's right. It's perfect. That's yeah, right. you're no longer limited geographically either. You can. Really oh, expand beyond the market. Yeah, whereas we thought, you know, you had to be in person to see, you know, to do these sessions. I have brain dump sessions I do with clients, and I thought we had to do it all in person because, you know, it helps. But we've been able to record these sessions and write on the whiteboard in the Zoom and, you know, have then people can have the content, to, you know, to review back, you know, a lot more time. So I think there's obviously, whereas I'd love to hug my clients and still be able to see everybody. It definitely is. There's benefits. I always say, what's the silver lining, right? What are we, what are we finding? That's the positive of all this. <laughs> what's uh, what's kind of cool is, uh, you know, so I don't know if zoom does it for example, but we use Microsoft teams and it actually, I think allows you to, I've tried it out a couple of times and I shut it off because it's, unless I need it, but you can start to essentially do closed captioning on everything. So you can still kind of turn down the, 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 the sound or start recording the text and it's actually uh, transcribing voice to text now. I mean, all these little experiences that, that we're all learning about that, you know, are going to become extremely helpful to us. But that said, though, I think we'll all really miss the, the, the social element of it, right? The, the, the energy element of being in the same room in the same center, convention center as as you know, thousands of others. We'll go. We'll get back to it. I believe. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that can ever go away. I, yeah. That would be sad if, if I never yeah. got to hang out with my people again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That so, was a, you know, uh, an interesting conversation I'm seeing constantly on the CNBC and the other financial news services is that airlines are afraid that business travel which is the, the meat and potatoes of their business, that business travel may not come back near as what it is or what it used to be, as companies that. realize they don't really need to spend all of that money on it. So this, this dovetails into a question that I have for you, Marwan, is are your customers very reluctant to have your people come into their space and their office? Do they... Do they uh, question in advance the precautions of masking and, and hand washing? Is this in, impacting yeah. you? For, for us, we couldn't really skip a beat. And I am so thankful to my team for just doing what had to be done. Uh, you know, at the time when it was just horrible news on top of horrible news and the fear element, you know, but we, we had to absolutely deal with that. So masks all around, we would try and push a little bit harder 
to get more remote work done, ask the user for some physical assistance versus, you know, what we would have done before is just, just get somebody out there and, and get the user happy. But for us, we couldn't really stop doing what we're doing. Um, we, we are an essential service to any business that we support. If something's down, they can't, you know, collect money. They can't pay their people. This is a this is a, a big deal for us. But we we we've been asked by a few to abide by their rules, and of course we would. You know, staying very very distant. You know, they would set up some sort of a location for us where we can potentially do work where it's six feet away, masks on the whole time. And in a lot of cases, they would also let us come in after hours as well when nobody was in the office, just to eliminate the risk altogether, and then just wipe down, you know, anything, any surfaces that we touch. So yeah, I, you know, I'm so thankful for my team. We couldn't really stop doing what we were doing. And but we've absolutely had to overcome just, uh, just a few challenges here and there just to, you know, kind of be where our clients need us to be and behave how our clients need us to behave. Yeah, I see that in, in a lot of businesses. My husband owns an electrical contracting business and, and they've had to shift, you know, where it's, where it's at night or whether it's, you know, they they trade off between different subcontractors to figure out who's going to be in when, you know. So there's a lot of shifting for sure going on. It's nice, though, when you can have a team that, that you know, is is willing and able to shift with you, you know, quickly, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I know that... Um... Well, our techs have some of the, our, our main three businesses are the trifecta of COVID. It's uh, prisons, assisted living, and hospitality. So those are, those are tough areas right now. Oh, yeah. I would say so. Is there stuff you can do remotely um, that you don't have to go there? Or you, because you give them the, the hardware, tell us about that. Tell us about your shift. <laughs> Yes, we, uh, we are installing uh, more updated equipment that allows us remote access into the video piece of this. So that, is, that has helped quite a bit. Uh, but it's not everywhere. So you, you still have to make some of those personal visits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. and figuring out what, and keeping up with all the, the uh, you know, what's going on about what, okay, they say mask, no mask, you know, gloves, no gloves. <laughs> What are they got to keep up with all of it, right? For every business to try to make sure you're maintaining the right level of, you know, care for this this whole thing. What about you, Heather? How has it shifted for you? Well, I will say I've been able to take advantage of just the extra time and no travel time, and I've done a, a lot, a lot of zooms. I think one day I did nine zooms. Um, <laughs> so that's been interesting, and. Um, Business has been very active. I mean, I've had a lot of people needing to shift and us trying to accommodate them quickly or um, get there. We have events, go, you know, clients that have events that are now going online. And so we're going to support that. Um, we have a couple of restaurants we support. So that's been ever changing. And I don't know, I feel like productivity in general is higher for, for my team, at least, just because we are at our desk more um so probably not good for our physical health but <laughs> good for the business <laughs> <laughs> you have to make sure you have those intermittent right you when you have nine zoom calls you're like oh dear i gotta get up every you know for 10 minutes in between each right <laughs> yeah and i think you also realize too that when you're on a zoom 
Whereas if you're in a physical meeting, you can kind of look down and be, you know, take a moment in your head. But on a Zoom, you're very much active on the whole time because you have to stay engaged. And I find it's like almost more tiring than than being in actual meetings, being on Zooms. (laughs) You're always in the spotlight. You're always in the spotlight. Yeah. Great. <laughs> for those like a broadcaster. Who, yeah, for those of us who don't like to be in the spotlight, that's a little. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Heather. Though it it definitely has increased efficiency. But to be there's the cool thing is with all of our contacts and referral partners to be able to, you know, uh, everybody right now seems like they're giving away tons of information. Right, they're trying to help people through this shift. And, um, you know, from a productivity coach that I do a lot of, you know, referral business with, she's like, you have to have time blocking and then, you know what I mean? And then you have to have things in between that to, to be able to move your eyes, to be able to have that downtime from the zoom. So it's just cool to see the shift that everybody's making, but also the amount of good content and that they're sharing, you know, with everybody because we're all having to do it. And engagement is super high right now on social media, on LinkedIn, even websites, analytics reports that we generate for our clients each month. We're just noticing like more time on page, more visits, like really overall engagement is really up. That's so good for all of us who who push that, right? (laughs) That's really good. Um, So tell us about... um, Marwan, if you um, had the perfect client, who would it be? Who's your perfect client? Ooh, perfect client. <laughs> um, we never really think along those lines, but you know, a, a, a client is more helpful towards our cause if they're sort of more amenable to the change that's happening from a technology perspective. Um, the the better ways and the better things and, and you know, everything that's happening around cloud and, and software as a service and all of that. So that, that usually kind of helps us out when they understand where we would like them to be in a few years and what we see the industry doing. It helps, but there are so many clients that, you know, it's hard for them to get to that point. Um, you know, as far as the, the size of customers that we manage, typically it's anywhere from, you know, anywhere as low as five, probably all the way into 500, um, a thousand employees type of thing. Typically when they're larger than that, um, they have a, a large team. They have their, their own sort of ways that they need to handle things and it has to be kind of kept uh, separated out. But um, and that's also kind of shifting as well. Just as you said, outsourcing for something that you don't necessarily want to create a team for and constantly manage over the years is a great thing when you find the right partner. We really kind of play in any space. We don't focus on a specific industry or anything along those lines. Uh, technology is technology for us. It, it, it could be anything from an engineering organization to an entertainment organization. Uh, movie company. Um, it, it just we we range and we have uh, um, we have a lot of different verticals that that we cover. And what's a what's going on with cloud? Like you said, you mentioned that their if their clients have, you know, they're funny about right. I'm sure that what I don't want to go to the cloud. I don't understand that or whatever. Tell us what what's going on with that. 
I, it's, it's, so what, what I like to, when, I, when, you, when, you, when you talk about technical use cases, um, I, I like to really focus on the why, right? A lot of folks want to just move to the cloud just because or just, um, just because it makes sense or they've seen somebody else do it. It's really all about the why. And what's happening is a lot of these cloud providers, and we focus on Microsoft, and they've, they've really taken a huge kind of leap forward in this space and kind of relevant to what Don and I are working on. You know, they're making everything almost as simple as, as a checkbox uh, versus what typically would take months and months every time something new comes up or a new uh, scenario comes up or new systems have to be deployed. Now it's become clickable within a few minutes if you have the right knowledge and, you know, of course, planned and has to be architected and all that good stuff. But the deployment element essentially goes from months to days and weeks. So that's really what's happening is the proliferation of all of that sort of stuff is, is just kind of keeps bubbling up. And, and every year, there's yet another introduction of some new groundbreaking technology that it just makes it more and more difficult to stay with an on-premise and a sort of what I'll call the old mentality type. We must keep everything in-house and we must keep everything private. It's almost become, it's a no-brainer in the sense of we'll have the capacity to scale to any point that our organization gets to, we will never have to worry about hardware costs, um, updating hardware, all of that sort of stuff. So that's really what I see is happening is that the use cases that are becoming possible with cloud and the speed uh, at which they can be deployed and the integration capacity, you know, um, they're just they're becoming too difficult to ignore for any size organization, truthfully. Um, that's kind of what I see happening. But you know, it, it, it will always depend on the business. It will always depend on how they want to view themselves, what, you know, what, where their growth trajectory is, if they're still sort of more in the private scenario. Um, and I, I, I always do my best to challenge those because even the largest banks and the largest organizations are sort of jumping ship to things like Office 365 and now Microsoft 365. So I think it's, a, it's an inevitability in, in my opinion, it's just nobody really knows how long it's truly going to take and, and what each client, you know, what that journey will look like for each uh, organization, client, um, whatever. That's kind of, again, my opinion on it. It's just, it's, it's awesome to be in this space for, for somebody like myself who's so passionate about technology. It's, uh, it's becoming real and it's becoming extremely usable and the simplicity around it. Uh, is is becoming too difficult to ignore, and and I you know I talk about the 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 the, the, the thing that you know Don of course wants to look into and build out this it really to me it's all about simplicity. You can get up and running and go within day one, versus having to wait for equipment, have to wait for a team to pre-set up everything, network everything. You know everything is readily available. It's just a few clicks away. Um, and that's just kind of what I see as the future. And then the sooner an organization can can look at that and adapt it to their strategy, I feel like uh, they'll be more and more competitive over the years. And efficient and, and all of it, right? Okay. And quicker Correct. to to respond, I assume. Correct. And I think it helps everything. Um, it does. Don, uh, tell us a little bit more about your um, ideal client or about this new hardware that he's talking about. 
Sure. It's uh, my ideal client, and I, and I have to, uh, I'm a bit schizophrenic in the old legacy <laughs> business. We have a lot of ideal clients, uh, but it, that business is melting away. So we're, we're standing on a small iceberg on that, but it's still excellent cash flow and will be for a long tail on that. The new business that, uh, that we're trying to get started and actually restarted again is my ideal client, as I see them from a sales perspective, is that average of around 10 users to 20 users. And, and the only reason I picked that size is, is they seem to start getting their own in-house IT once they get larger than that. So I'm looking at those that are kind of on the cusp of that. They, they have that uh, realization that IT is a big piece of their spending and it's unpredictable and it's constantly growing. They have the, the, um, they have, they have the idea that they need to move the, to the cloud because whatever their platform is, and typically, like if you get into an assisted living or an apartment complex, they have a software platform that they rely on for their business. And uh, if, if they're at a server that's on premises and they're really kind of being pushed to the cloud, to me, that's the ideal business that we want to attract so that we can move them so that Marwan, who's the master of the universe in that, can move them seamlessly to the cloud. And then we actually do a, a turnkey whole house for them. And I, I know that's a bit cliche and probably overused, uh, but I come at it from a marketing perspective of we really want everything in there uh, because when I walk into an office, I, the last person I want to talk to in that office is the IT guy. Mm -hmm. That's the one I want to go around and I want to go to the CFO or CEO. The, the person who's close to the, all of the spending, uh, not just the brand new computers, which have to be purchased every four years just to keep up with technology, uh, not just to the recurring of the, uh, of the IT tech, wherever they get them, uh, but the, all of it and bundle it all together. So we put that all in one package, add cybersecurity insurance to it, uh, and it's a, it's a compelling product. It, I sure. remember Enterprise. even eight to 10 years ago, sorry, Marwan, um, eight to 10 years ago, I was, you know, I, my parents and I owned a medical practice and switching the, in the server room, switching the tapes out, you know, every night, like how silly is this that we have to still do this? You know, that was only eight to 10 years ago, having to switch that out, but to have somebody and every time we would hire somebody. We'd have to have a new, you know, a new computer and that, oh, this one broke again. And oh my gosh, we got, I mean, we must have had 50,000 conversations about IT and new computers and where is the IT guy and why can't we get a hold of anybody, you know, to help us. So what a cool thing it is to have packages, you know, where somebody can just go, okay, I don't have anything to do with computers or the cloud or IT or any of it. Can you just take care of it? And I think that more and more businesses are hopefully will adopt that because they, while it probably costs a little bit at the beginning, the return on investment to the amount of efficiency to not have to deal with that, it's got to be huge. 
Certainly, I agree with that. And, and we really try to get over a lot of these obstacles uh, where they don't do what uh, uh, the terms that I'm getting uh, under, uh, a little bit, but the term refresh, which sounds refreshing. Uh, <laughs> refresh means a whole lot of money you're going to spend to replace all the equipment. Uh, so while it has a nice uh, ring to it, it's a lot of money on the front end. We avoid that for the customer. So we just, it's a monthly flat rate with no surprises. And, and um, it was built from the customer's end and simplified from the technical end. While Marwan's group has just a tremendous amount of moving parts in the background, the, the tip of the spear on the sales part of it is really pr- quite simple, I believe. It's, it's, uh, it's really a simple concept. And Marwan's group does the delivery. That's great. It's nice to connect with people you can fit so easily with, like Heather and I. It's so nice to, so refreshing, speaking of refreshing, to have somebody that you, you know, not only has similar businesses where you can fit perfectly in like a, you know, like a puzzle piece, right? That it fits perfectly into it so that you can keep going and doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and have somebody else take care of it and not worry, you know, like, you guys, your relationship, I never worry if Heather's going to get stuff done if she tells me she's going to get it done, you know? <laughs> and then you can have that assurance to your client to say, absolutely, 100%, we can guarantee that because of the of the outsourced, you know, referral partners you have. So I love that. Heather, tell us a little bit um, about your ideal client. So I was just thinking how you guys manage the IT. We provide a similar service for maintaining your website. So, and just like what you said, Kelly, just taking that pain off and adding that efficiency. I mean, that was kind of the driver behind steering steering Hammersmith support towards this model. We're Hammersmith support because we, um, while we do do the design and development, a huge part of our business is our maintenance business. And so that's where we work with clients on an ongoing basis to manage their website. And so what this means is each month we go in and we take a full backup, we keep a live staging version, we update the framework, we update the plugins, we check its SEO, make sure there's no 404 errors being um, thrown like through Google Search Console. We run an analytics report, we run a security scan. And then um, with that, clients can call and they have hours for content updates. You know, a lot of times we, we need, maybe need to call their host or call their IT or they've not renewed their domain and we help them through that. So the idea is we can be kind of a, their web team on staff that's not, you know, in their office, but we are part of their team. It really marries quite nicely with what um, Marwan and Don are talking about. From that perspective, my ideal client is really any company that just would like that help managing their website and evolving their web presence. Because what happens is as we get to know them and their goals and our marketing goals, we can help direct their web presence to really support all of those other things. And even as they evolve in technology, we can be there to support the website so that it um, fits in nicely. So if they have a new protocol for how emails should be sent from the website, then we integrate that. So we kind of take care of um, take care of it from a security standpoint, and then also help them to evolve their content. 
That's great. It's, it's the perfect combination. I said, oh my gosh, when I get those analytic reports, it's, it's so easy to show clients like you see the spike of when somebody visited your website, that's when we did the blog. Do you see the spike? That's when we did, you know, all the social media to, to drive it to your website. It's so cool to be able to have those reports to show people. And we see uh, traffic increases just by submitting it to Google Search Console and getting Google to recrawl their site. So, I mean, I usually get good feedback from clients just after the first month. They're like, oh my gosh, we've seen traffic increase. And we're not an SEO company and we don't focus on SEO, but the things that we do improve its presence and therefore it gets kind of a natural result. Yeah, to have the organic SEO, we do the same thing. Like, okay, do you have a Google My Business page? That I mean, that talk about the easiest way to, you know, initially have um, good SEO, right? Is is that updated? Do you have the testimonials? Do you have the reviews? <laughs> definitely Absolutely. all, definitely all helps. Um, so on a whole nother note, uh, we are very, I am very passionate about giving back in the community. And I know Dawn, um, as a client of mine, is as well. So I'd love to talk to you guys about some organizations that you support um, or the causes that you love um, and reasons why, you know, giving back is, and Heather, I know as well, does a lot with giving back. So tell us a little bit about the organizations you support and and why you love them so much. Don, I'll start with you. All right. Uh, yeah, mine, I have to... Uh kind of do a lot of uh, positioning on the front end of it because my passion is surfing. And uh, to go back a little bit, yes, I live in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So, <laughs> but I get to the coast as much as I can. Uh, my wife and I take some trips uh, uh, every year, but up until this year, uh, the big surf water park has a big tank, two and a half million gallon tank, uh, with a wave generator in it that is surfable. So we used that to give regular surf lessons, but also to get autistic kids in there, do wounded warriors, do just a whole lot with challenged kids. Uh, we have a surf camp down in South Texas and South Padre uh, that we try to work with every year. But this year, thing, things are tough. But yeah, that's my passion is surfing and, uh, and getting those kids in the water on a surfboard. It's, uh, it, it, it gives a lot back to me. That's so cool, especially the kids. Um, I have friends who have kids with autism and to have them have that big smile on their face, you know, to be able to, to surf and do that. What a cool thing that is. And I love seeing all the, the videos, you know, and the pictures um, of all the kiddos. What a neat, a neat cause. It is. It is. It's a, it's a big part of my life. It really is. That's neat. Marwan, what about you? Nothing as, uh, as amazing as Don here. Oh my God. I want to, I want to be you when I grow up. I swear. Um, when you get old. <laughs> um, no, truthfully, it's just been, it's been a rough few years. Um, um, as far as that, it's, it's one thing that I've kind of committed to myself that, um, by next year I need to be giving back a lot more. And of course, you know, I give to charities here and there, uh, but I would love to have some sort of a project like like Don is with with a passion. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely let you know as soon as I get there. But at the moment, really not much involved with with anything along those lines. So 
Don't worry, I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you all the causes and then you just pick one. <laughs> hey, I think I should. When the first tank opens up again, I'll drag you out there. Please do. Yeah, It'll be my first time trying it out. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to warn you, it's an addiction, but it's a healthy one. Yeah, those are a good kind. Yeah, so talk about to. outside, you get sun on your face, you get exercise, and you get to help kids. What help, What's better than that? Seriously. <laughs> Heather, what about you? So giving back is very important, and I've made that kind of a pillar of our of Hammersmith support. Um, we have a pro bono client. We are in our second year of supporting, which is the Love Up Foundation, who supports children in foster care throughout Arizona, and we provide... Um, web maintenance services for them, managing their website um, at no cost. Close to my heart has always been Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Um, I was a big sister for many years. Um, I was paired with my little sister when she was seven, and she is turning 22 in a few weeks. Um, Wow. So she's truly a part of our family and just has taught me a lot about about life. And so I, I guess I'm mostly passionate about sort of uh, mentor programs. I know there is another program in the Valley called New Pathways for Youth. I have a friend that just went to work there not long ago, and I know they're doing some um, virtual mentoring opportunities. So Marwan, maybe that's an easy way for you to give back. So yeah, I think that's where my, my passion really lies in mentorship. And I would really love to do something with um, in the future with um, teaching girls to be entrepreneurs. So maybe an after-school program or something is kind of in my mind for the future. Well, I have the perfect organization for you. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the board of directors for Girls Rural Foundation for a couple of years, and that was exactly it, is is mentoring young girls, you know, ages 12 to 18, um, on how to be leaders in the community, on how to um, not be a statistic, you know, it's well... We have a lot of great things. It's really sad to still see the statistics about, you know, young girls um, dropping out of school and getting pregnant and and not having those leadership skills that, you know, so we teach those 12 leadership skills to, to young kids. And it's so rewarding to see kids that, you know, are so shy and and so not sure of themselves come out of those programs better and and stronger and and more willing. I mean, we wish we would have known all these, you know, self-care and confidence and all this stuff when we were kids, right? It's like, why don't they teach that stuff in school? <laughs> so it's such a nice um, compliment to everything else um, is having that, you know, give back is for our younger generations for sure. And I'm, I bought an after-school club they have a after school club in a in a box you know for from girls rule so i bought one just to be able to teach my kids the same you know whether it's boys or girls they especially teenagers they have no confidence <laughs> you know or they don't seem like they have they have confidence up until they're about 10 or 11 and then it starts to tank for some reason which is so 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 heartbreaking and so to be able to give that is so rewarding to have something you can teach them. You know, they're like, Oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. It's really nice. (laughs) Tell us uh, on a whole other note, tips and tricks. So we're all entrepreneurs. We all have been there, done that. 
is there something for for business owners who are listening, something you wish you would have known when you started your own business? Um, I'd love to to provide tips and tricks, you know, for whether it's in IT or just in in general business ownership. Is there something you wish you would have known, um, or something you just learned recently now with all this shift that you could share with everybody? Who wants to go first? I think for me that um, I went the first seven years really with no, not doing any marketing or outreach, just just from referral. And um, the last couple of years, I've really been focused on networking and meeting with people. And I my eyes have truly been open to the power of networking and um, spending time just on calls with people that you don't even know and you just learn something new each time and it, it sparks ideas in you for the next iteration of your business. So it's hard when you're first starting out because you try to, you're working on the, you know, the business, but when you can get to a point where you can step out and take it outside and meet people or on zoom now, um, I just feel like the value of that cannot be overstated. A hundred percent agree with you on that for sure. Um, having those connections to be able, even if it's referral partners or in the future to do business together um, or clients, networking is is huge. And uh, to do it yourself, right? Unless you're, uh, you know, um, can pay somebody over a hundred thousand dollars a year to do your networking for you. Business owners should always be doing their own networking because you're your brand, you know. So. So doing those nine Zoom calls in one day to fit it all in, Heather. I wonder what the world record is. Maybe I can look at breaking it. Don't do that. You need to have breaks in between. I'm going to tell you about efficiency. Marwan, what about you? I wish I had read Napoleon Hill's books sooner. There was one concept that, you know, once you kind of make it past, it really... It's helped me tremendously. Simple concept of just doing more, going the extra mile, essentially going past what you owe on paper, constantly doing that. A lot of, um, you know, you kind of end up in a situation where you don't know if it's really going to come back. And, and I can tell you now it does come back. So that is one thing that's helped me is kind of looking at it from a true relationship perspective in every scenario every tiny scenario, uh, go the extra mile, do it. Even if it's not necessarily owed, um, that's just a, something that really sticks with, with, our, with our clients and it just puts you in a different league altogether. You know, that, that's something that could have definitely helped me early on. <laughs> I love that. I do too. What's the name of the book or the, or the author? Yeah, the whole, Napoleon Hill is the, the author various books from I think from the 1940s 1930s 1950s whenever the last one I read was I think uh, Master Key of Success he has uh, he has one out um, I think is the um, the laws of success which is one of my favorites those books are I think any entrepreneur should should absolutely read a few times it goes into detail about the right mindset really which and I truly believe now more than anything that without the right mindset nothing can be accomplished that would be a recommendation there is, is study those books. Um, they talk about success and it's not always monetary success, which, you know, people see that and say, well, I don't want to just read a book about how to make money. It's not about that. It's about success as a whole. 
and you start to see that everything really ties in together. You can't be successful in one and not be at the other. You just kind of look at it as a whole, as a holistic sort of picture. Yeah, I love those books. Uh, I have them on on <laughs> on uh, um, Audible. I've listened to a few of them at least a number of times. Yeah, those are great. You hit the nail on the head with mindset, especially right now, right? To be able to continuously come back, right? And we're going to all get off on, you know, reading this article or seeing, you know, diving into all the comments, but you have to keep redirecting your brain and your mindset to, nope, stay focused. Nope, what are my values? What are my true values and sticking to those and going the extra mile, um, because that's part of my values and, and having integrity, right. And, and equality oh, for a, all. And a, I bet you, and, I, and I'm not a scientist, right. But I bet you there's a whole science to the massive new amounts of data that our brains keep taking in on a daily basis versus 10 years ago versus 20 years ago versus 30 years ago. If we don't learn how to get into that mindset on demand, then we're just, you know, kind of just reading news 24-7, trying to figure out how to think and how to be. And it just cannot be that way. Uh, without focus, you really can't do much. So, but yeah. I love that. I love that. Don, what about you? Tips or tricks or any resources you have for entrepreneurs? You know, I've, I would say that uh, it's, it's not really a tip or a trick. It's just a constant reinforcing and reminding myself of exactly what you were talking about at the original, uh, uh, the first minute of the program. Let those do what they do well, do it, and you focus on what you do well. Uh, I have found myself uh, too many times being a mediocre marketing person as opposed to hiring a really good marketing person and getting back to what I do. And so it's, uh, you know, hopefully I'm learning that and will, and it'll stick this time. But uh, repeating that mistake is something I'd, I'd like to stop. Yeah, there's no, when people started, you know, oh, they tell me, oh, I just spent two hours trying to figure out how to post that. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't do that. How much do you make per hour? Do not spend two hours. You know, if you like really think about if you drill down how much you make per hour, uh, you know, if you if you did a whole year's annual salary, there's no reason to take two hours to do something that you're not good at or that you hate. Right? Why? Why started? I always say I started the business to do one particular thing. So that's what I'm going to keep doing, and I'm just going to keep outsourcing everything else because there's no reason to do something you hate if you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> and, and I would add to that by even if I could figure out how to do my website or something like that, and it would take me two hours, I could have maybe saved some beer money by doing it myself and doing that. But I'm much better off spending that two hours doing something uh, I want to do, whether it's surfing at the surf tank, paddle boarding. I am much more enriched by doing that than I am saving that pocket change uh, on the um, on the website. A hundred percent agree with you on that. <laughs> a coach gave me a suggestion that I've been thinking about a lot, and she was saying, you know, you should manage your energy, not your time. And oh, so, you know, doing yeah. the things that really give you energy and if things are going to drain your energy, make sure you plan something that gives you energy after that. And I thought yeah. that was really good advice. 
Okay. I love that. I love that. I'm going to put that up, I think, on my wall, right? <laughs> I've been doing yeah. that in with, you know, being home for the last three months in between calls, in between appointments. I have, you know, 10 minutes, whatever it is, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, and I go to a dance party with my daughter in the living room or go outside and get some sunshine on my face or something because you have to re, you know, like it's all of that combined, right? So it's the mindset of bringing yourself back, but it's also like, what's going to give you energy to come back and be focused that's huge you know that's huge for people can you believe it's almost two o'clock already (laughs) time goes by so fast doesn't it (laughs) it does uh, tell us before we before we close. I'd love to um, have everybody know how to get a hold of you. So tell us the best way for each of you um, how to. And then the last thing I'm going to do is if you have a quote or a book. I know some of you already shared a quote or a book, but if you have any last minute words, I'd love to hear those as well. Heather, where can we get a hold of you? And do you have any last minute thoughts? Well, my website is hammersmithsupport.com. I'm also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn under Hammersmith Support. As far as a quote or a book, um, one of my favorite quotes is the easiest way to do it is just to do it. And a book that I have found really valuable in the last year is Creating a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Creating a Story Brand is huge, huge, for mm-hmm. sure. Thank you so much for being with us today. Don, what about you? You're welcome. I I would have to say that uh, my favorite quote, and I have no idea who said this, uh, and I'll clean it up, but uh, it's it's stuff happens and always will. It's what you do about it that counts. I love Uh, that. And and I, uh, I think my favorite book is called The Knowing Doing Gap, but I, I do not know who the author of that is. But uh, I've read it a couple of times and love it. And it, the, the basic premise of it is so many times we really know what we should be doing, but we're not doing it. And figuring out the why, right? Why are we yes. not, why are we hesitating on that? Or why aren't we doing it? Yeah. Getting, getting over, bridging that gap, getting over that. The habit becomes so key. Mm-hmm. You fix your habits, you fix everything. Uh, absolutely that's for sure so how can we get a hold of you don oh uh, email is the best at com. i Thank live you. on email <laughs> as we all do these days right 24 <laughs> 7 <laughs> and my website's broken but heather's gonna help me with that <laughs> I have no doubt that she will do an amazing job for you. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Marwan, what about you? Any last minute thoughts? Um, and how can we get a hold of you? I uh, don't have a quote in mind. Um, so I'll go back to the Napoleon Hill sort of reference before. As far as uh, contact, uh, email is usually best. But, you know, of course, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, Marwan at cmitsolutions.com, M-A-R-W-A-N at cmitsolutions.com. I find that now I, I just say my name and I always have to spell it now. I just do it just, just in general. Even if somebody doesn't ask for spelling, I just feel like I just have to spell it. I've gotten into to that. But yeah, no email address and, um, and LinkedIn are both perfectly fine. Nice. Thank you so much, everybody, for being on today. I hope um, everybody learned something. I know it's nice to 
you know, even though we've heard about mindset, we've heard about giving back, we've heard about all these things. It's nice to have a refresh to remember again, right? It's nice to think about it again um, and have those conversations so that we stay true to our values and stay focused and, and have the right mindset. So thank you all for being here today. Uh, you, you've been thank you. You've been listening to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM Consulting. Clients of KLM Consulting can continue to do what they love while having the support they need because we offer business development strategy sessions, concierge services, ongoing consulting, marketing, project management, and social media training. Tune in on the third Thursday of every month at 1 p.m. Until next time, happy connecting. Mm-hmm.